This is Shop Talk Radio, Episode 7, with Michelangelo Lacroix. Welcome to Shop Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nick Onkin, and on this show, we bring you inspiring guests to dive underneath the hood of the creative entrepreneurial lifestyle to bridge the gap between art, commerce, and inspiration. Today's guest, Michelangelo Lacroix, is one that I find truly fascinating as he does something that is very rare and unheard of, but also completely inspiring. He is known as a music lifestyle curator for the W Hotels, and he gets to travel around the world to their hotels and curate the musical experience for their guests, which is pretty awesome. He has actually been to one of my favorite places, or dream places, I should say, uh, the W Hotel in the Maldive Islands, which I'm dying to see, and I'll get there one day soon. Uh, but more than that, he also DJs huge parties around the world, and which he just considers a hobby. But in the grand scheme of things, he just loves curating musical experiences for people, and he does an amazing job at it. Michelangelo has also created an amazing mentorship program for DJs that we'll get to hear about. And also, we'll get to dive into how big personal branding is for DJs, as well as anyone in the creative field. Um, and I've, I've always thought if I weren't a photographer, I'd be a DJ. But after talking to him, I realized how much photography is something that is just way more natural to me. And especially when he talks about how vast a musical knowledge that it takes to, to really be a great DJ and accelerate a career with that. So we also get to talk about the process of curation and how in this day and age, it's a necessary thing to stand out above the digital noise. Uh, we met at Summit Series a couple years ago, and Michelangelo has always inspired me in what he does, and it's a privilege to get to dive into this with him. So let's get to it. Good morning. We got Michelangelo Lacqua in the house today. Welcome, Michelangelo. Good morning. I'm excited to have you on. I love music is a big part of my life and a big part of experience. And you've always inspired me in that sense. Well, I'm flattered. So um, I appreciate that inspiration. So just to kind of kick things off, I mean, give us a little background. What do you do? You're, you're kind of you're a music lifestyle curator. So tell us more about that, what that means. Well, exactly. yeah, I mean, it, 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 I've come to be what I am only through like 15 to 20 years of uh, working at it. I kind of believe in the concept of definitions kill. Mm -hmm. So I've never really defined what I've done as a young creative because I feel once you've defined what you've done, you've kind of negated the infinite possibilities of what you could be. So I started as a guitar player, but I never really thought of myself as a guitar player. You know, music yeah. was the vehicle. I knew that much, but where it took me, I didn't know. I just knew it, I needed to constantly evolve. Yeah. Um, I studied jazz. I went to the New School Jazz Contemporary Music Division. I was a player, a session player. Then I became a record producer. And then in 99, between the playing aspect and the production aspect, I randomly got found by uh, Tom Ford, and I got asked to be music director for Gucci and Yves Saint Laurent. 
where I started wow. producing runway shows in Milan and Paris in, uh, for them. And that was really a weird, weird, weird space. I knew nothing about fashion. I knew nothing about the lifestyle behind what fashion is and, and the mindset and yeah. the traveling aspect of it. It was all very, very, very new to me. But that became part of my obsession was to understand away from just the music, what were the other elements that were in the room that I needed to create a soundtrack to, right? Yeah. And that has to do with um, trends. You know, early on, I didn't see it like this, but I see it now. I was put in a room with an exceptionally creative individual who was reading trends at the highest of level. Social trends, fashion trends, music trends, technology trends. And I was supposed to create the soundtrack for the entire thing. Now I see that. At yeah. the time, I thought I was just doing music. <laughs> so after, you know, 180 fashion shows, at the time I built a production company, we were scoring TV commercials, working with advertising agencies, another layer of, of, of sound identity to picture, short film scores, you know, again, feeling emotion to uh, visual interpretation. Mm. Years into it, I got called by W Hotels to be global music director for them. And wow. at the time, I think I was just supposed to be the 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 kind of the face and the ambassador of it sony had the contract for like five years six years at the time so it was more of a b2b relationship and they yeah. just wanted to kind of put a pr spin on it and my resume and my brand image was supposed to be that let yeah. alone i don't think they looked at the resume really what i did so in a short period of time i asked them to um their, sony's contract was up six months into me being hired I said, uh, Sony's just using you as a channel distribution for their own identity. They're not creating a proprietary Sonic brand identity for you. I believe I can do that. I don't know how. I went up to Starwood, pitched it. My first remedial decks that I was trying to build out. Yeah. Um, I got the contract. It's four and a half years later, and I've created a, a true Sonic brand identity that has one, a technology engagement, starts with curation. It's based off discovery. There's live events. There's DJ series. Um, there's brand partnerships on specific musically related event series globally. And it's all about um, me reading trends within the world, regional and and core values. So you create a core value of an identity and then regionally as it expands its footprint throughout the world, you have to understand what is the new trend in Asia or in the Middle East or in Latin America. Right. Um, in the W's case, the core values are, are New York City brand inspiration. You know, what's new and next, the trendsetter, the early adopter. And then I really have to be a sociologist, a tech geek, you know, a musicologist and see how all those other trends that are lifestyle driven affect this brand's identity and then relate, translate it back into sound and then fill it with individuals that personify the aesthetic values of the brand whenever I do events globally. I don't know if that makes any sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that's, uh, it, it makes some sense. I mean, if you were to explain it on like a whiteboard, <laughs> <laughs> on a whiteboard or a, um, just on a more simple level, like what would you say in curating an experience of music? How does that work? Well, you know, for me, it, it, if you're talking about brands, it's really understanding the brand's passion points. Like, what is the DNA of the brand? What is it built on? Is it a heritage brand? Is it a new brand? You know, who, who, what are the passion points that they associate themselves with? Are they into, I don't know, uh, food and beverage? Are they into travel? Are they into comic books? 
what is where do they get their inspiration yeah. from? Once you identify those those key elements, you can then go into each one of the genres of those inspiration, and then you take a look at where music is making connections. Because music is the muse of of pretty much every other artistic expression, at least in my opinion. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you're a photographer, you have music blasting in the background. Some of them, great ones do all the time, and, and they're like feeding off of the music, right? And they're creating their own movie yeah. in the room while they're capturing it behind their camera. Same thing with fashion. Same thing with food and beverage. There's always a soundtrack that people get inspired by. So you have to identify the elements where the inspiration for the brand comes from on a, mm. on a, on a granular level, and then you take a step back, and then you build from there. Yeah. No, I totally can relate. I mean, I, I play music on my sets all the time. Like I can, I almost can't even function without music. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and it, and it's a very, it creates an experience for those that are yeah. involved. So that's, that's kind of what I've, I've really enjoyed. So how with the W hotels, like you've gotten to go around the world and, and create these experiences and how do, what's your, What's your intention with uh, what you're creating? Well, that relationship has been such a, a gifted one. The fact that W has 45 hotels globally, and, and I've lived on a plane for the last four and a half years, and I think traveled almost a million miles. Uh, it's given me a very unique perspective of, um, of, of, of experiences. You know, yeah. and I have a very deep pool to, to scoop from when I'm speaking to other people about creating a soundtrack or, yeah. or a moment that's going to last and linger. You know, everything that I am is from experiences, right? Yeah. And I've never been an artist in the in the extent where I've said, this is what I want to say. This is the one thing I want to say. Like most artists, you know, yeah. come out with an album and they're like, this is everything that I am. And I've never been that. What I have been is an individual that has um, worked so hard at having many tools in the kit. Right? Yeah. And then walking into a room with somebody else who has vision, who wants me to be a vehicle of their expression. And then uh -huh. I pull out the tools and I pull out the fabrics and I pull out the measuring tape and I create a, uh -huh. you know, a bespoke couture yeah. sound for them based off of the skills that I've acquired, the experiences that I'm, that I can then translate into sound. Yeah. And then whatever the, the hard back end systems there are to make it happen. You know, whether it be technology, whether it be, you know, uh, applications, whether it be, you name it. Yeah. And that, yeah, I love that. I mean, that's amazing. And that translates over into, you, you also DJ and spin. I do. I do. Um, I forget that I do that, but, <laughs> but I do. It, it, that's the only thing of art that I still hold on to because I don't play music anymore. And it's, it's a, it's a sad byproduct of the evolution. Yeah. I like, I played with, you know, I don't know. I, maybe 15,000 hours in my life wow. have been to me. I've been, I've been playing music since I was seven violin yeah. Manhattan school music. So, you know, 20 years, 15,000 hours. Yeah. It's not that lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. The last 10, 15 years of have been applying those playing lessons to technology. Yeah. Right. Production organization. So DJing is, um, that's the one thing, whatever's in my head, these crazy swirling ideas, I can then get behind the DJ booth and see if I'm insane or not. Yeah. And when I play records, I play what I hear and I play and I DJ a different way, like doing all these crazy loops and rearrangements. I get to see in real time that people are like, whoa, 
Yeah. That's what's this guy doing? You know, if they didn't like it, then I'd be like, eh, maybe, maybe I should get into a new business. <laughs> yeah, but you're very attuned to what people are experiencing because when, as a yeah. DJ, you're creating that experience for exactly. somebody. Exactly. Or I wish it. I did it more. It's an easier way to make a living. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> you know, stand back there, rock some tunes, get paid a million dollars. Hey, not a Tomorrow, bad. sign me up. <laughs> not I'm out. A bad I'm game. done. <laughs> Sonic branding, f that. <laughs> so why Sonic branding over um, DJing then? Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a great, great question. Because I grew up in a time where, and I feel I could be wrong, but I, I grew up in pretty much one of the last generations where the art of mastery and mentors and mentor master relationship mm -hmm. is, is, it, it was the last, I think we're the last group of, of people that have that relationship. Mm. And it's been really, um, you know, my idols growing up were Miles Davis, John Coltrane, you know, Thelonious Monk, Miles, uh, Stevie Wonder, Marvin Gaye, like gods, gods. Yeah. And you either achieved God status or you were not good. Hmm. At least with where the, where the, the people that I played with. Yeah. There was no mediocrity. You were either the best or you never opened your mouth. Yeah. And I think that because I've been obsessive about being a master or, or the hope that one day I would achieve mastery, I can never be satisfied with like something as simple as DJ. Got it. Right. So I, you know, I, I would sit in a room for, I don't know, 250 hours to, to transcribe a John Coltrane solo. Wow. You know what I mean? Like yeah. three months to make sure every note, every this, that type of obsessive compulsiveness. Yeah. Is not something that's normal in today's society, I see. Um, but it is, was absolutely acceptable in the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, you know, the 80s. Yeah. I mean, you look at these hair metal bands in the 80s, and these guys were the best guitar players, the best musicians, even though they were playing cheesy hair metal. Yeah. They were rippers. And, and, and I think that's the reason why I just constantly have to be challenged. And this is a sickness in my head, not a, not a positive. Yeah. Because, yes, I should have just DJ'd because I'd have a couple homes right now. I'd be very good at it and I, you know, life would be a little simpler. Yeah. But instead of, I've always, always trying to push myself for the art of mastery. Yeah. You know? But, and that goes back to the pat, like doing what you're passionate about. Yes. And when you do what you're passionate about and you love it, you're going to excel no matter what. If you, if you're doing something for ego reasons and true to be in the limelight or to do this, you know, mm -hmm. that's not going to get you very far because you really have to love what you do. I agree to but, succeed but, at it. But also in the same degree, when you look at like mega stars, an ego is not always a bad thing. Like yeah. when you fall through the ice in a, in a, in a winter pond, it's not. It's your ego that's like, holy shit, we're not dying right now. Oh no. Yeah. We are too important to this world right now. You are swimming for sure. <laughs> that's a good part of ego. <clears throat> ego saying, you know, I'm, I'm the best and there's no one else better than me also drives individuals to become pop icons. And you oh, have completely. to have that. You have to have the stardom in, in your eyes. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that ego needs to be like, my voice needs to be out there. The world needs it. Yeah. I'm not saying that's a, uh, negative thing or or a positive right. thing but if you are aspiring to be a mega star yeah. you need that portion of your ego to be constantly driving you i don't have that. <clears throat> no totally i totally agree and i mean ego can be you know 
part of that and but the passion has to really oh yeah you know, the passion and the love for the craft really has to drive because yeah. you won't put in the hard work mm-hmm. to get to that huge arena sure so but tell me a little bit more about like the creative entrepreneur spirit and ego well yeah i mean like i said before definitions kill so i think like when you're looking at all entrepreneurs that that are actually achieving stuff that that is inspiring right you're not looking at you're not looking at the individual. It's truly not the individual. What you're really aspiring, what you see and where the connection is are the qualities that they've acquired in them, right? Yeah. So, um, the ability to get, pick themselves up after dramatic failures, right? Yeah. That is a quality that you're like, I want to possess. Um, having compassion for other individuals, um, who have either screwed you over that have made you stronger. Not getting negative about this, getting screwed over and overcoming, that's another quality. So when I look at like someone like Richard Branson, it's not necessarily Richard Branson or his life that I, that I admire. I admire all the qualities that he possesses as an individual. And then I want to own them because that is the entrepreneurial spirit. Constantly, constantly never staying still. Never, you know, if you, the moment you think you had something, you're like, you know what I mean? And, and, and abandoning it and reinventing it, you know, not embracing form and structure, yeah. throwing it to side, you know, aspiring to the infinite possibilities of whatever, the ability to manifest ideas from nothing, right? This yeah. is the, the, the only proof of God to me yeah. is the fact that entrepreneurs can manifest from absolutely nothing yeah. and create the iPhone. 100%. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. the only true connection that, that there is something more that we can tap into. Because where do these ideas come from? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I think when you look at the entrepreneur, because nowadays everybody wants to be an entrepreneur, it's only the few that can evolve yeah. and let their ego let go. You know what I mean? When you look at artists right now and they put out one record and, and they become a hit and then they can't do another record for the rest of their lives, it's not the fact that they don't have more talent inside them. It's the fact that their ego you know, can't let go of the music. Right. Right. And I think that's a huge part of being an entrepreneur. It's like the moment you finish it, it's done. Yeah. And what's next? You know what I mean? And that's part of also staying in the room. You're yeah. only as good as the last job. And if, when you become comfortable with that relationship mm-hmm. where you're like, yeah, I mean, you've got people that are like, oh, five years ago, I was the, this. And that. Yeah, well, that's five years ago, man. Yeah. No one cares. <laughs> you still want to be in the room. You still want to sit at the table. Yeah. What do you got today? What have you done for me lately? And it's that relationship with the ego mm. that you have to let go. Because the ego is like, oh, no, we're the best. We did that. It's five years ago, man. Chill out. Yeah. We need to reinvent. Constantly reinvention. Constantly reinvention. Yeah. Um, and that's the true entrepreneurial spirit. And then it comes down to, you know, can you, cause you're going to fail, right? One out of a hundred times you're going to fail. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, 99 out of a hundred times you will fail. <laughs> right. How much rejection can you, can you handle? Can yeah. you pick yourself up? And yeah, I'm, I think I'm, if I, if I was a boxer, I, I have brain damage. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. I should have, the, the, they kept on trying to throw the towel in yeah. years ago. And I was like, oh, God, dude. one more round, you know? Yeah, totally. I mean, the, the, the creative entrepreneur lifestyle is an up and down, like yeah. feast or famine and yeah. having the emotional intelligence to deal with that is huge. Like, how have you dealt with that? Yeah, I have a very spiritual path. As I mentioned before, I've, I've been seeing a shaman for nine years now. Yeah. And, um, 
You know, it's, it's, I, I have a daily practice every morning, 20 minutes. I have a bad back, so I have to stretch or yeah. I'm, I'm crippled for the day. So in the stretching, I, I do a breathing exercises. And with each breath, I have a certain mantra or have a certain aspect of my character that I like to focus on, right? Just so that when I go to the next, when I get out of that room and I engage the rest of the world, that I've reminded myself certain things to not set me off. You know what I mean? Um, I think gratitude, you know, being aware of, of, of everything that you have and how, you know, how lucky we are, at least in the environments that we live yeah. in. Cause again, perspective is really difficult. I mean, I, I see you as a tremendously successful individual, but you might not see that in yourself when you're, when you're comparing yourself to other people that you're looking up to. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Um, and I have the same issues like people are like you become so so successful and i'm like man i haven't even put a drop in the bucket of what i want to become in life you know what i mean and that's totally and and in the morning i need to you know remind myself of the gratitude of everything that i have right now or you know remind myself that okay now i'm building companies now i'm a leader so you can't have a bad day yeah you cannot have a bad emotional day because a bad emotional day affects your, all the people that work for you. And then they're like, what am I doing here? Yeah. Because, you know, you're selling a dream. Yeah. Until it becomes Apple and the stock options are worth something. You know, you really yeah. have to lead from from being an inspiring character. And therefore, you cannot have a bad day. You can't have a, bring a fight in with your girlfriend to work and be like, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, this is um, unless you're a Hollywood agent. You know what I mean? And, and, <laughs> yeah. And then well, there is that. <laughs> and then the structure of uh, the, the organization is, you know, is, is, is about, you know, beating the lower guys up. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, if I didn't have that, if I didn't have something to remind me every day to kind of just keep your chin up, man, move forward, you yeah. know what I mean? Like. Yeah. And the obsessive compulsive belief that the sun will come out again. Yeah. In the darkest of hours. And those are those times where, you know, you gotta meditate and you have to you have to manifest the next sun sunshine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. And I mean I guess this kind of goes into as well as like trusting yourself. Like yes. you have to trust your in yourself so much to execute your vision. Yeah to get to where you want to be like what's how have you done that i think that's one of the, the the cogs that's broken inside me is um i don't know when to get out of the out of the fight mm -hmm. right like there's a flight or fright relationships in all humans like yeah. you're in the jungles of africa and a lion is in front of you you're gonna run it's just yeah. a natural instinctual thing i think my cog <laughs> is, is broken Do yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> i'm thinking okay well I'm going to get mauled, so I must not run so he can beat me up from behind. I might as well, you know, I think I can, he'll beat me up pretty good, but I, but I might well be able to walk away from this. You know what I mean? And there's, I think there's a retard, you know, like, um, there's a dementia of my reality where in most cases, the beatings that I've taken failures yeah. have, like my parents used to tell me all the time, like, I can't comprehend how you get up again and again yeah. and again. I mean, I've seen you get decimated, decimated. And like you, the next day you're like, okay, let's rebuild. I just think, you know, true entrepreneurship, you have that sickness in your, and it's a sickness. Yeah. Because sometimes you don't ever win. Yeah. And you end up a, a crazy 
old person. Do you know what I mean? Filled <laughs> right. with just an insane amounts of, of pain and suffering to, to have achieved something. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there is no guarantee that you will achieve it. You know, if you get on a boat from Europe and you're looking for India and you run out of food and everybody's dying around you. Yeah. People are saying, turn back, turn back. <laughs> you have to be crazy to be like, no, we're, we're still going, but yeah. there's nothing there. Yeah. Where are we going to? There's nothing there. And it's just that blinded sickness and obsessive compulsion to never stop. Yeah. So you'd say vision is a big key. Yeah. Well, vision and, and the, and the true belief that it's not if, it's when. Yeah. Right? When will it happen? Yeah. Can you stay in the fight long enough? Yeah. To achieve it. And not many people can. Totally. And so, yeah, I mean, that just uh, triggers it's, it's so, so much of it is in that language of it's when, not if. Yeah. And by shifting those little words that you're, you know, thinking in your head, that's going to shift where you're headed. Yeah, absolutely. And also not listening to social, uh, expectations of that other people have upon you. Yeah. You know, cause I remember when I, I was going to college studying psychology and political science and, uh, I stopped playing music for a couple of years yeah. and I heard a Charlie Parker record and I hadn't heard bebop and I became obsessed. It was like a drug that I could not get yeah. off of. And I told my dad a year before I was going to uh, graduate that I'm like, I'm dropping out of college and I'm going to start studying jazz. And he's like, what are you, you haven't played music in like five years, like or four years. Like, what are you talking about? Let alone the guitar, which yeah. you have never played. I'm like, no, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to drop out of college. I'm going to start studying guitar and jazz and I'm going to try and get back into music school. And, uh, my dad was like, just finish. You have one year left and then you can do whatever you want. And I said to him, I don't know why, but I said, dad, if I finish college, then everybody, like all of our family, friends, society is going to expect me to use my degree for something and they'll never let me do music. But if I drop out of school, I'm a loser. And they wrote me off. And now I can do what I do. Yeah. You know? And he was just like, that's sick, but it makes sense. Yeah. And I dropped out of school. And everybody was like, oh, Joe Lockwood's son is, uh, you know, and he's going to, you know, whatever. He'll work at Starbucks the rest of his life. <laughs> and I got to do it on my terms. Yeah. Without any social expectations. And I think entrepreneurs have to not listen to the banter in the background, you know? Yeah. And dance to their own drum beat. Yeah, it's really hard to uh to tune tune that out. It is, but that's what music's for. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So how's like your vision? How have you built your brand? Um and what is what is your vision and how have you built your brand with that? Um Well, you know, I think the relationship in fashion all those years has has tremendously affected how I see brand building. I'm, it's never been a, a perfect thing for me. I think because I do so many unique areas of, yeah. of entertainment and music that it's been difficult for me to build that brand because I've been doing it alone. Like I've tried to get agents at CAA or William Morris and they're, they say the same thing every time. I've never met anybody who does all of this stuff at such a high level. Like yeah. you do, you know, five verticals of music that each that would be one person doing the exact same amount of work. And I'm like, okay, that's great. So let's, let's sign. We're working. And they're like, <laughs> wow. But it's so much there 
it's too it's too difficult to like yeah. spin you to the next level. It's easy when one person is doing one single thing and then yeah. an agent can plug them in and, and blow them up. So building a brand with many different verticals, I think what I am is 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 expression and art at a super, 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 super high level. Yeah. Because I, like I said before, I, I aspire to be a master one day. Yeah. Right. So whether it is curation, right, which is a new thing for me only the last five years, four or yeah. five years. I mean, I used to put playlists together over the years, but you know, it was like a one-off job. Now curation is actually, um, when I open my mouth yeah. about anything, it is a summation of my thoughts that is a curated opinion. You yeah. know, it's no longer like, hey, this song. It is like, you know, I go through the, the full analytics before I open my mouth about it. And it's a curated, yeah. you know, I cut out all the fat and then I offer an opinion. What is my brand? I I mean, I think this is, there's a, aspects of white space here. You know what yeah. I mean? I, I, as an entrepreneur and because of entrepreneurial culture now, I can be an anomaly. And there are a few anomalies out there. I'm not saying that I'm the only one, but there's not a lot of anomalies. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, in the space of, of sonic branding, you know, you had corporations that did this before. A corporation is not a fluid thinking machine. Yeah. Right? It's a collection of 10, 20, 50 people mm -hmm. with one leader. And usually the leader doesn't have vision on a creative level to oversee. Exactly. You know, so, you know, being, a, a, a creative director in residency could only have happened now in 2013. Yeah. You know, 2005, no. Now a creative director in residency, it seems a lot more clear of a path for people to choose. Yeah. You know, whether it's Puma wanting to call me up and have me come in and, you know, on a music level, be the creative director, but as an outsourced individual. So there's no, you know, controlled offering of my, my opinion. Yeah. You know, as a subcontract, you have a different relationship. You can really say that sucks because I didn't create it. Your team did, but you're asking me for my opinion. Yeah. I'm saying it doesn't work. Yeah. You know, but if you're under contract yeah. and you work in the organization, you're like, that sucks. You're like, who are you to say anything? Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? You're part of the team. Just know your place. Shut your mouth. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, describing my brand, I just rambled there. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think it's cool that you created a, a, a vision that, I've never even heard of anybody that does what you do. And it's a very specific It's like a weed thing. Weed that grows in the crack of a cement sidewalk. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you have a, a tremendous talent of, and a music knowledge, which it inspires me. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm utterly flattered because I still think I'm <laughs> inc incompetent. And that's where the sickness. Yeah. But happens. that's, that's, that's the beauty of being an entrepreneur is that's yeah. what keeps you going. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think the great, the, you know, and I hope one day, you know, at the end of my life in 50 years, that I do achieve something that crosses over into many other aspects of my dreams, but with music. Yeah. You know, because right now it's about building, yeah. you know, building companies, building um, relationships. And hopefully later on, with that success, it goes back to the core of why I do this yeah. and that's expression and music and how it, music changes people's lives and affects them. Yeah. And so that then there's a byproduct of, of human acclimation. Right. You know what I mean? From the experience, like what is that? Yeah. I mean, I'd love to be able to do everything that I do, but for, you know, charity festivals globally. Yeah. You know, like when I look at, um, you know, Hugh 
and the crew at the poverty. Yeah, the uh, poverty project. Poverty project. I'm just like, wow, these 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 guys are fucking rock stars. Yeah. I yeah. want to do that. Yeah. If you guys are listening, give me a call. <laughs> you know, I, I'd like to know that I'm doing something that is actually something real. Yeah. You know, I still acknowledge I'm, I'm consulting for brands. I'm not, I'm not changing the world. Yeah. You know. But giving giving back is a huge thing. And you get you were you were telling me a little bit about this mentorship program that yeah, well, you guys created well, or worked on. Yeah. Tell us a little. Tell me a little bit more about that. Um, that one is um, actually a really cool concept between Coca Cola and W. It's a yeah. DJ mentorship program. So we did a uh, global online competition. I think like 1,600 people signed up, 96 countries. Yeah. And from there, I picked six young people to come to Bangkok and do a one-week-long mentorship program. So Lady Gaga's producer, uh, White Shadow, was one of the mentors. Okay. James Lavelle, who had Mo Wax and one of the most iconic kind of like record labels back in the day. Um, I had Andy Caldwell come and then Paul Oakenfold. Wow. And we spent a week teaching them life lessons and producing an album with them. Each one of them came with their own songs, and then we worked in the studio to build it out, and now we're going to release it next year. No so, kidding. You know, that's, it, on a small level, that was amazing to see, you know, how you can affect the lives, and their lives will be forever yeah. changed from this point on. Um, and we mentor them not just in music, but in, like, in business and, and then egos because, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a game killer. Yeah. For young people is totally, you know, egos. And then, and it's I huge. had to, you know, I had to say to him, I'm like, you're a DJ. Where's this ego coming from? You're not curing cancer. Yeah. And, you know, and, and they'd look at me like, what? And then, then I'd get on the decks and show them that this is a hobby for me. Hobby. <laughs> so where is your ego? All right. It. DJing should be a prerequisite. You should just be great and you should not get any accolades for that yeah. at all. If you want to be in, if you want to be a race car driver, you have to drive a car. Yeah. Day one. And that's DJing. Now, what is going to make you different? Yeah. How are you going to really, truly do something and offer something other? Cause there's a billion DJs right now or a billion <laughs> yeah. people that want to be a DJ. Yeah. So. That's off the table. You can't say, hey, I'm great. I'm a DJ. What else are you doing? Yeah. Are you writing music? Are you producing music? Are you what? You tell me. Make it, you know, fascinate me right now. Because yeah. DJing is not, not enough. Anyway, these type of conversations, I don't right. think many people have. With totally. So, I mean, like, what kind of advice would you give to people in that sense? Um, I think there's, and this is just me being, I guess, older. I'm 42. So when I look at like youth culture right now, I think that like utter mediocrity is like a, is like a milestone for people to hit. Yeah. I could be wrong. You know, maybe I'm out of touch, but you know, I do travel the world and I spend a lot of time with young people. Yeah. All the time. And I think media, mediocrity, not excellence. It's like, cause like when you see in the music world in particular, in the DJ world and DJ culture, well, in a lot of things, but. I'll specifically talk about my lane of yeah. expertise. You know, you've got socialites and people that are horrible behind the DJ booth and they're getting paid a lot of money. Yeah. And it's utter mediocrity. And then you have somebody in the audience being like, well, if, if Bob and Michelle can do that, um, I can do that too. Yeah. You can, because they're not that good. Yeah. But you know, the barometer is set so low nowadays versus back in the day. You would never dare step up. Yeah. Ever. Or it would be a dream. Like when you saw Madonna, you were like, Oh my God. 
Like yeah. in another world, another life, I would love to aspire to be her. Nowadays, it's so accessible that anybody with a YouTube channel can be like, I'm Lady Gaga, you know, and <laughs> put a cat there and it's a cat video and they get like 50,000, you know, 50 million views. And next thing you know, yeah. they're on, you know, America's Got Talent. Yeah. I mean, it's just the demented aspects of it. But that's just, you know, again, this program was about mentors. Yeah. And when these young kids did, and there were moments where they had egos, and I was like, do, do you realize that there's collectively like about 120,000 hours? 120,000 hours between like the, the, the six of us in this room right now offering you advice. Like you're, you're not even conscious of this. Yeah. You know, you're so wrapped up in your own mind and where you are that you're not even aware that, you know, you will never have this collective consciousness offering you advice. Yeah. You know, in, for your emotions, for your career, for your creativity. You know what I mean? Like, so, yeah, you know, it has to be a two way street, you know, and I think, but that's teaching, mm-hmm. you know. Well, and the other thing that I'm doing is, uh, I've been, uh, executive producing an Amphar, uh, AIDS charity album oh, for the last it. two years. So we're really excited because we're going to release it in May. And that's, those are the moments where I'm like, okay, this is the reason why we do music yeah. to affect people, to change their mind, uh, for positivity. And so they'll get off and they'll actually contribute yeah. for, to something that is larger than themselves. And that's part of this program? No, this is for, purely for AMFAR, which is, uh, the leading AIDS organization. Oh, got it. Of, okay. Uh, I think they've championed probably around 40, 67% of all medical advances in AIDS research. Wow. Um, yeah, so they just announced in October when I was working with them in, in Milan that uh, they cured four people of AIDS. Wow. Cured. Yeah. That's amazing. So in our lifetime, AIDS will end. And um, this album that we're doing is a lot of amazing. It's an 80s covers record. Wow. And, uh, you know, AIDS started in the 80s. It's the soundtrack of the time. So I'm really hoping that... You know, it'll, it'll bring awareness because there's another young generation that doesn't even know about AIDS, let alone I grew up in a time where, you know, if you even kissed a girl, they were like, you're going to die, <laughs> you know? So yeah. again, bring awareness to that, you know, Hey, we got to fight and we need you. We're recruiting new people. Yeah. You know, that's amazing. I mean, it, giving back to the world is such a huge, huge thing, especially, I mean, I feel like it and. I mean, I feel like I live such a blessed life that I've got to use my talents to get back to the world. Yeah. That's amazing. I, I love agree. It. It's a symbi, it's a, it's the truest, truest symbiotic relationship that of anything that you can, right? You yeah. do energy and work and that is multiplied by affecting others exponentially. Yeah. That is, I mean, there's really nothing else more important in life right now, especially yeah. in today when we look at the crazy that's going on yeah right now you know i mean like like every single person who can truly afford it should be doing something even the smallest of something yeah for another person somewhere else that can't yeah well it's amazing how much we get so wrapped up into ourselves that we never even think about focusing out that's the other thing about being an entrepreneur is the self-involvement you know it it is a negative a negative aspect of it, but it is a byproduct that is, is necessary in every entrepreneur is that we are self involved. Yeah. And that is, I mean, a school of itself should be taught to and entrepreneurs to be able to be like, okay, everything's about you. Everything's about 
getting to the next level. Everything's about overcoming the pain and the perseverance and all, 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 all right, we get it, we get it. But we have to teach entrepreneurs <laughs> that there are other people in our lives. There are other people in our lives that love us and that we need to pull our heads yeah. and acknowledge those people around us because without those people around us, we could not pick ourselves up or we couldn't, you know, enjoy the, the positive moments with it. And I, and I, that's a very difficult part for entrepreneurs is to stop, turn to the people that are on your right hand side and left hand side and say, I love you. I appreciate you. And without your support, I could never do what I do. Yeah. Even just for a minute. And if we can do that on a regular basis, it makes all the, that the other people that love us be like, eh, you know what? It's Michelangelo. I love him to death. He tells me all the time how important he is. And I let him get self-involved in those moments. You know what I mean? Like, I'll go get a cup of coffee. I'll come back and, yeah. and then maybe he'll be out of his little trance of about me. And that's a, that's, that's entrepreneur. Yeah. I mean, it's not difficult. Our relationships are never healthy, at least our partners, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, and they should teach a class, like, you know, for every level of, of self-involved you do, you need to offset it with something magical for the, for the per people in your life. Yeah. And, and there should be an app for that. What have you done for me lately? <laughs> app. You know what I mean? I love that. That's amazing. And it's like, you get your points. You're like, ah, I've got 20 points of, uh, self act, you know, self serving here. And I've only got two on my, what have I done? Right. For me lately, at, you know, side. Yeah. Um, so creating meaningful relationships in your life. Yeah. And, or huge. stopping and putting your aside. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and making the effort to either acknowledge those around you or do something for those people around you. Yeah. That's a hard thing for entrepreneurs. Very, very, very difficult thing. I'm not saying all of them. You know, yeah. you look at Steve Jobs, you know, and there are times where human element was, was, uh, it was a commodity he could throw away. Yeah. To get what he needed to do in life. And he's done that. But look what he's done. Right. That's, that's the, that's the uber extreme. You know what I mean? Unfortunately, or fortunately, a lot of entrepreneurs aren't in that position. Yeah. To change the world at that level. <laughs> the potential. But in the meantime, you know, there's, these are skill sets. They should open up a school just to, you know, yeah. make, the, make you be aware, you know? Mm -hmm. That's part of what I think has helped me too is my effort to try and acknowledge the people who are helping me. Yeah. So when I go through my little crazy spaz outs that people always seem to be there. It's hugely important. You know, through the thick and the thin, I got to acknowledge them. Yeah. You know, somehow. Yeah, I feel like a lot of times as um, creative entrepreneurs, we create sometimes disposable relationships. Yeah, yeah. And leave people behind. Yeah. And it's hard to make a con conscious effort to really maintain that. Sure. Or maintain like actual long-term relationships. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you got to be half crazy to be an entrepreneur. I mean, it's just, it's the nature of the beast. Yeah, I mean, it's a bull. <laughs> no one is going to jump on a 40, you know, 4,000 pound bull yeah. and ride it if you're not insane. Yeah. And I mean, the, the results are amazing. I mean, we get to create lives that we want to, you know, yeah. we live in a world that hopefully a creative resonance of, of doing what we love all the time. It's not always the case. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We always strive for that. Sure. But. If there's ever going to be some dramatic change, it's going to come from people like us. Yeah. You know, the outliers, you know, yeah. the weeds that grow 
in the cracks of the sidewalk, as I like to say. I love that. You know? I love that. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because the rest of formal foundations of society are breaking apart so that people like us can, can flourish. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like before, it just wasn't possible. Right. We, we, you know, to be an entrepreneur years ago, decades ago, um, you went against pure society, every aspect of it. You know, now that that IBM mentality of corporate like structure has uh, been broken down, like, I mean, I don't know. The guy at Starbucks is like, yo, I'm going to start my company and I'm going to, you know what? Chances are you might be able to. You know what I mean? Yeah. All the tools are out there. They are. They're out there and he can really do it. So, you know, I find that magical. Let's hope more productive entrepreneurs change the world. Yeah, I love it. So circling back, you know, the name of the game is curation. Yeah. And especially nowadays, I mean, in every field, in my mm-hmm. field too, it's like there's so much noise, so much chaos. Yeah. Like curating your brand and your aesthetic or your sonic aesthetic yeah. is huge. Like what, give me your, some more thoughts on curation. I mean, you are a curator. That's what you do. And, but you have to, um, I think to get to the level of being a curator, you have to have achieved knowledge about a lot of things mm. before you even open your mouth. Right. That's the problem. A curator is too early. It's like, Oh, this is what I think. You haven't lived life yet enough to actually think. Yeah. You know, that's kind of my attitude. So I didn't even say I was a curator until I already put in 15 years yeah. of, 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 let's say professional music application. Right. Mm. Then within that professional music application, I lived life and experiences where I would sit with someone like you and you would educate me about photography. Yeah. Right. And then I would sit there like a sponge and listen to everything that you're saying so that I can understand a deeper relationship to your medium and possibly how it can relate to music. Now, I have you know friends that are restaurateurs. It's the same thing. I need to understand so deeply what restaurant is what food and beverage culture is what is the art and the mastery behind that then i start to apply it back to a music context in a relationship fashion exact same thing things that inspire me right yeah things that if you ask me for my opinion and you ask for my curated opinion i'm not just giving you like hey this is music it's being affected by the fact that i love and i respect so many other mediums of mastery right hotel life same stuff the level of, of, you know, art curation and design and architecture all are unbelievably inspiring elements of it. Then I then apply it to music, you know, yeah. and then travel. What does travel do to your mind? Right. And as somebody who travels a lot, this is the greatest gift that you could give any person on this planet yeah. is perspective, right? Mm-hmm. To step out of their ego and put themselves in the most vulnerable of, of, of internal positions so that they, they can be a sponge to embrace culture and new people so that those people can see them for the truest form of who they are, right? Because they're meeting you for the first time. So there's no past. There's no present. There's no pre- preconceived aspects of it. It's that aspect of traveling that changes you yeah. exponentially. And you've been on the road for 10 years. Yeah, 10, 15, 10 or 15, 15 years. years. You know what I mean? Like, like the one month, one year on the road is like 20 years to another person mm-hmm. who stays home. You've evolved and then you evolve exponentially and then you create connections all throughout the world and they know you as the man you are now with no preconceived 
ideas of past or present. These are magical elements that then go back into all the other passions that you have, that you then interject your art, your medium, photography, or music into, and that's where curation comes from. Wow. In my mind. Yeah. That's you know what amazing. I mean? It's not just like, hey, I, I dig music. Yeah, well, a lot of people dig music. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? A lot of people dig music, but where is the depth of your, um, of your curation coming from? Yeah. Right? To be an art dealer, even though you're into postmodern Jackson Pollock stuff, you probably know a lot about every other medium of, 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 yeah. of art. Well, really well. So that when you say something about the one medium that you're an expert in, it comes from depth and brevity, you know? And I think that is truly curation because curation is, is a, is a hardcore, is a hardcore mastery. Yeah. You know, and I think people just throw that out now, now as like a sexy word that describes, you know, something that they can try and do. I curate. That's like yeah. back in the day in like the nineties where everybody was a producer and they'd be like, yeah, yo, what do you do? Yo, I'm a producer, man. Or what do you produce? Yo, I'm, I'm a producer, man. Here's my card. It says producer on it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that was like the, yeah. the nineties New York hip hop area. You know what I mean? Everybody was a producer. No one knew what that word meant. Yeah. And I think curator is again, a very overly used word and you know curator is master yeah that's a word i'm still learning to be a master so i hope that my opinion on things is a summation of life experiences and focused studies on yeah. different mediums i love that you know that's awesome so like on a lighter scale of curation if you want to call mm -hmm. it like the process of it you know for me like as, as it applies to my what i do in my brand is you know i'm constantly curating a kind of aesthetic um through things that i find on the internet through yeah. things that inspire me to kind of create my brand aesthetic um what's your thoughts on on doing that you know as any other entrepreneur would yeah you know i mean I, I do the same thing. Uh, you know, I think a uh, vision board, you know, in the old school sense, it's a vision board. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like back in the day, you used to cut it out and put it on a, on a giant piece of cardboard, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Now we have Pinterest. Now we have, you know, Spotify, you know, to, to aggregate our collective images. You know, it's interesting because like Pinterest is a, is a perfect medium because, you know, you can search the web and you can aggregate all the things that inspire you. And then, the weird thing is as I aggregate, you know, what the house, how home is going to be, what my beach house is going to be, what, uh, the, the chairs and rugs and, you know, just like home decor aspects of it. Yeah. Um, I realize how ignorant I truly am about true, the true medium of, of interior design or architecture. Um, I tend to not look at it as a positive. I always look at what I'm limited, <laughs> limiting, you know, what I'm limited yeah. at. I don't know if that's a healthy thing, you know, but, um, but I think, you know, today's, uh, artists, um, it is very important to have a love for a lot of different mediums so that you can then build the vision board yeah. of what you are. And then when you open your mouth for the thing that you focus, your main focus, it, it comes in from just so much more depth behind it i don't know oh, that's great no i love that so i mean and then just in terms of branding like you know you talk about the mentoring the djs mm -hmm. and and like what advice would you have to help to give that would help somebody stand up 
stand out above the rest? Like what, like, what do you think in terms of that? First, the individual has to really be very clear that they want to be an individual that stands out from the rest because that's a, a problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? There are people that, that want to be a part of mass culture mm-hmm. um, and they want to achieve pop status or, or God status of mass culture. And that's not something I deal with, right? So if you're a DJ and, and you want to be the next Tiesto, you know, you have to go through mass, mass cultural music, right? Like yeah. base level of um, entry music in my mind. You know what I mean? Like, I got a feeling, like that is mass mass music if you want to be the dj that dj's that and the best dj then i'm not the one giving you advice right you know but if you are somebody who wants to be you know um james murphy lcd sound system or you know uh in a, a true individual that 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 has its own sound and what have you is that you know you need to really break away from the pack yeah. And you need to surround yourself with a few like-minded individuals. And you have to be very comfortable about alienating yourself from the masses. Because mm. right now, all because of the it, technology, information is accessible in three seconds. You know what I mean? And, you know, outliers comes from subcultures. Yeah. You know? So you have to define your subculture mm. of what you want to do. You have to align yourself with other like-minded individuals that are that are break, doing breakthrough shit. And um, from those little enclaves, maybe a collective voice happens, and then that is a new movement yeah. that you became the basis of. It's a different yeah. way than it was when we were younger, you know what I mean? But today, you really have to be like, well, that's a movement. I don't want to be. In, I don't want to be involved with that movement. Yeah, you know, you know, choose a path of new expression, which is not that easy to do. And then the other thing is, suck up to a master. You know what I mean? Like, if you're a photographer, and you know, as you know, like, <laughs> you want to, I, I don't even want to, I won't even touch a camera for three years as long as I can stand next to you and yeah. hand you your cameras so I can see everything about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and that's, uh, that's it, that's it from the dawn of time. Yeah. Apprenticeships are the way that you can break through and find your voice. And, and those are not, that's just not a norm these days. Right. Like it was before. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. And I think, um, because if you can go online and you can YouTube, you know, the information you want, you're like, what do I need to get coffee for this person for, yeah. you know, for three years? Well, <laughs> there's only a few photographers out there that are gods yeah. at that level. And if you want entry into that, then wind the cameras, put the, put the film in. You know, and, and I think you guys still use film. Yeah, every know? once in a while. <laughs> but I completely agree. I mean, you know, you know, that, and that's kind of what I tell our, our interns is that you come in here and you give. Yeah. And the more you give, the more you're going to learn. Yeah. The more, and it, I'm always of that philosophy, yeah. the more you give. But, you know, in, in the same respect, it's like come in with an attitude of like, let me do whatever, whether yeah. it's getting coffee, whether it's doing the, the grunt work. I mean, we'll, we'll probably use you in the, in the more sense of what you're good sure. at. But just being present with us, you're going to learn. Yeah. And simple as that. Exactly. You know? And, and the, But those are hard things, I think, for this generation to swallow. Mm-hmm. Because when they look online or when they look at their phone right then and there, and their friend is getting some instantaneous accolade and yeah. they're, you know, 
so far out because I think the context they've lost touch with the fact of what 10,000 hours means. Yeah. They have no clue <laughs> what 10,000 hours means. Exactly. But I, in, and I know you, our generation, it was so blatantly obvious, <laughs> even though no one ever spoke about the 10,000 hours, right? Right. We knew exactly how much work it took to get that shot. Yeah. Nowadays, I don't think, uh, you know, not saying everybody, but majority <laughs> does not understand that. Welcome to Instagram. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, and I think you were in the room when I got in that fight at Summit. Oh, yeah. That's, right? I remember that. <laughs> and I just said that technology has inflated our, uh, our true level and our ability through technology. So, you know, GarageBand, you might not know anything about music, but, you know, an hour or two hours screwing around with the program, you can actually do music. But if you, with the same level of music that that program put out for you, 10 years ago prior to the program might need 15,000 hours. Yeah. Of programming to do. Yeah. But you did it in two and a half hours. So it's inflating your ability, your expressive ability. Yeah. Instagram's a perfect thing. Look how many photographers there are out there. You know, and they're like, dude, I'm a killer. I'm on Instagram. <laughs> you don't know shit. Yeah. You pointed and clicked and then you put a filter on it. Yeah. That doesn't make you a photographer. Not yeah. in the truest sense. If you want to get to the raw sense of what a photographer is. Exactly. You know, yeah. Abaddon does not use Instagram. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I love it, man. So, uh, what's next on the horizon? What's your vision? What's, where are you headed? Um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm launching two new companies, uh, next year and I am learning to, um, scale my thoughts, something that I, I has been a problem, scalability. You know, yeah. I, I can only do so much. And I've reached a point where, you know, my hands are full and I can't pick up anything else. So the next level is to build out a company, start hiring people and, um, and hopefully see where this, where this is all going. That's yeah. again, another level of infinite possibilities. I don't know. Yeah. Even a failure is still unbelievably successful because I've now learned to go beyond myself yeah. with expression and build. And then. I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping that this Amphar record, um, that's going to come out next year has opened up a new, new business model that I can sell into corporations. So, you know, conscious funds. Yeah. Right. And music. So with Amphar, I can, and, and I believe it will be successful. I can go into a company and I can say, okay, you have, uh, you have like PNG, $250 million in your fund. Give us a scoop of money. And we'll create some sort of music experiential event series around your charity. And we'll not only just spend the money the right way, but we'll bring awareness. Yeah. You know, and I'm hoping that that'll be another business model that as I get older and older and more gray hair, I can then go deeper into because like I said before, I think giving back, using my talents to give back while I'm still doing something that I absolutely love. Yeah. Is would be a dream, the dream, you know? I love that. I love that. Get out and create it. Yeah. I love it. So one last question. Yeah. Um, what does, what does live inspiration mean to you? Well, I think, well, I think it's a symbiotic statement is that you have to be inspired and then in turn inspire. So work on yourself daily to be a better person. So you can inspire those around you with through the success of your accolades. 
yeah. as you ingest the things that inspire you to be better. Love it. And if you don't have that, you know, you're only half a person. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks for coming on the show. Absolutely. And uh, where can we find you online? Um, was it Instagram is uh, Lakwa L A C Q U A. We're on the best photographer ever. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, tw- uh, Twitter, I think it's Lakwa Music, and uh, my website's just uh, Lakwa dot net. Awesome. Thank awesome. you, brother. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, man. I'm inspired. I'm inspired. <laughs> Great. Thank you so much for checking out today's episode of Shop Talk Radio and joining me as we dive underneath the hood of the creative lifestyle. Again, I am your host, Nick Onkin. And if you enjoyed today's episode, then go over to iTunes and leave us a good review so that we can spread the word and inspire even more people in the world to live inspiration and share their inner creativity. Also, we'd love to see where you're listening to the podcast. So snap a photo on Instagram, hashtag live inspiration, or tag me at Nick Onkin so that you can inspire other people to listen wherever they are at. But beyond this, check out NickOnkinShopTalk.com to read articles on creating the creative lifestyle anywhere from emotional intelligence to any other aspect of creative entrepreneurship. I'll be also posting up editorial content in the form of visual essays that I get to create with my photographic eye and my craft and my career. Uh, But most of all, get to join the underground creative community that we're creating. So thanks again for joining us. Now go share your creativity with the world. Uh